Welcome back to the Magic Story Podcast. I'm your host, Harless. And I'm your other host, Natalie. This is the podcast where we recap the fiction story of Magic the Gathering and add our own flavor text, speculation, and reactions. We are currently in season three, where we are talking all about the story of All Will Be One. Up to this point, we've been following the main story, but as we learned in The Brothers War, when a major event happens in the multiverse, it doesn't just impact one group of people. So in today's episode, we will be covering our first side story for Phyrexia All Will Be One called Cinders by Cassandra Kaw. This story will follow completely different characters as they join in the fight against Phyrexia. Join us as we head into the multiverse. So before we dive into the story, seeing as this is our first episode of season three of this podcast. Season three, if you can believe it. I know it's gone by so fast. Season three. I just, I wanted to set the stage for Phyrexia All Will Be One as a whole season. So last season, the Brothers' War was just bleak. All around dark. There were war-torn countrysides and profound grief and a struggle with time in Urza's tower with Teferi, all the while feeling the Phyrexians creep closer. But we didn't really see them become a threat until the last few episodes. But now our planeswalkers are actively in counterattack, going headfirst into the threat. Therefore, the tone of this season is going to be action-packed. There will be its dark and horrifying moments, of course, it's the Phyrexians, but the stakes... Oh gosh, things are about to get very, very real. No more dabbling in the temporal anchor or trying to figure out a mystery. This is full-on war with the Phyrexians on their home turf. And a lot is going on in New Phyrexia, the plane where this whole season will take place. Hence why we're diving into some side stories like today. Our story for this episode starts with a woman named Nayali. Nayali is part of a Mirren resistance cell and her comrades are looking a little worse for wear after their last battle. So I can imagine that for a lot of you out there, a couple of questions are raised right away. Mirin resistance? What does that mean? So for a quick explanation, the Mirins are denizens of a plane called Mirrodin. Mirrodin, as it's known to them, is a plane made almost entirely of metal, hence the mirror in its name. Fun fact... This plane was originally created by our well-known planeswalker friend, Karn. However, over time and events, Mirrodin has adopted a new name, New Phyrexia, homeworld of the Phyrexians. The plane of Mirrodin was, in many ways, completed during a war that decimated this plane years ago. But the Mirrins, the non-Phyrexian denizens of this plane, live on despite all that. So to say the Mirrins are tough is an understatement. They've been fighting the Phyrexians their whole lives, pretty much. And Nayali, our character for today's episode, is one of those Mirrens. We're given glimpses into her background and the story itself throughout this episode, but I also found a great piece that Grace Fong wrote about Nayali for Daily MTG, which will give us a good starting point to understand Nayali as a character. Natalie, could you tell us who Nayali is? Prior to the Phyrexian invasion, Nayali lived in the Oxida chain as part of the tribe of the Helm. She trained native birds to deliver messages between Volshock tribes. One day, she found a glowing egg that seemed abandoned by its parent, so she took it to race. But then, the Phyrexians attacked her village. 
Nayali and her egg were the only survivors of the massacre. She wandered the ruins of Murex for weeks, looking for signs of life. She told herself she had to keep going to protect this egg that was all that remained of her home. Just when she thought she might be safe, she found herself surrounded by Phyrexian centurions. But right before she collapsed, her dedication was rewarded. Her egg cracked, birthing a phoenix that burned with the very fire of resistance. This phoenix, Othari, burned the Phyrexian aggressors to ashes to save Niali and lead her to Slagma, a Mirren resistance camp. The rebels used hex gold to craft special falconer's gloves for Niali, giving her and her birds matching powers to pound and crush their shared enemy. Since then, her flock has vastly expanded, and phoenixes have become a symbol of hope for a restored Mirrodin. Thanks, Natalie. So we catch up with Nayali as she is leading her resistance cell to their next resting place, when Nayali's bird, Othari, screeches, letting her know something is wrong. Nayali looks around to see what her bird is alerting her to, but to quote the story, there was no sign of encroaching Phyrexians, no telltale scratch of skittering claws on stone, no moan of steam from a Goliath, nothing at all. At this point, she has a realization. Maybe it's to do with Rayana, her close friend. Rayana is guarding the back of the caravan, and as soon as Nayali gets there, she realizes that Rayana is missing immediately. She's frantically looking around for her friend, but there are no signs of a Phyrexian ambush or any other clues. Finally, she spots a crack in the wall big enough for a human to fit through. And this is where it gets horrifying. Of course it does. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Phyrexian story without something horrific. As Nayali makes her way over to this crack in the wall, she sees a humanoid figure backing Rayana towards this bubbling magma. Natalie, will you read this passage for us? In front of her, an imposing humanoid figure, its left arm transmuted into an oversized scythe, the gold of its original skin almost entirely obscured by iron pleats. It had been a woman once, Ariok. On the ground, Rayana's weapons, forgotten, abandoned. In her face, an expression Nayali had never seen her childhood friend wear. A desperate hopelessness, like her heart had broken irreparably. Okay, well, that's pretty creepy. So then the creepy woman speaks. She says, you are finally ready to be made perfect. And then she reaches out for Rayana, who, much to Nayali's shock, stifles a sob. So this brave warrior, who has probably fought countless Phyrexians, is now holding back tears against this woman. Who is this woman? And that's exactly what Nayali wants to know. However, Nayali acts on instinct. In the story, she's noted as being as much flame as her firebird. And she calls for her bird, who swoops at the Phyrexian's face. And as the Phyrexian moves to attack the bird, Nayali attacks her instead. The Phyrexian turns to her and says, there will be no more fear when the soft flesh is made perfect. But Nayali grabs the Phyrexian woman, runs them both to where the magma is, and pushes the woman off. Nayali immediately rushes over to Rayana to check her for injuries, but finds none. Once she's satisfied that Rayana hasn't been compromised, she asks her, why didn't you fight back? And points out that her weapons had been on the ground. Rayana turns to her and says, Nayali, she was my mother. Whoa. Okay, now that, that is truly horrifying. She was face-to-face -face with her, not just her mother, but her completed mother. Like, she was a Phyrexian. Yeah, her completed Phyrexianized mother. I, I can't like, imagine. Can you imagine? Yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> no wonder. Okay, okay. 
let's let's continue. Sorry. Okay. So we fast forward a little bit to when the cell has come to rest, and Nayali is checking on her rookery, which is full of firebirds. I actually love this next passage because Nayali shows such care for these birds. She's essentially giving her birds scritches and telling him that one day she promised her friend. His mate slumbered beside him. Their chicks nestled into her side. We will build you a rookery in the cinders of Erbrask's forge, and your chicks will grow up there, warm and happy, as will their chicks and the generation that follows theirs. And we can see here that Nayali is having really good fortune, but her friend Rayana is not. And I mean, just poor Rayana. Poor Rayana is right. Nayali makes her way over to her friend to ask how her charges are faring and finds out that all of Rihanna's eggs have been destroyed. Another tragedy for a woman who had just been through the horrible loss of her mother. Now, Nayali uses this moment to apologize to Rihanna for not taking time to understand the situation before pushing her phyrexianized mother into hot lava. But Rihanna goes on to say something that Nayali isn't quite sure how to even process. She wouldn't have been happy, said Rihanna making eye contact with Nayali. Her voice softened. My mother, she was a timid woman. Glass rather than steel. Everything frightened her. Everything was a portent of death or worse. You could see it in her eyes, how much she wanted it all to just stop. Rihanna goes on to tell Nayali that her mother had been cruel, but that Rihanna still loved her. And Nayali responds with a hopeful comment. She says, the Phyrexians have taken so much from us. It's why we fight. What befell your mother, we can make sure it won't happen to anyone else. And then Rihanna responds, what if Phyrexia is right? Don't joke like that, said Nayali. I know we say what they've done is a sin, a violation of the soul, but you should have seen my mother, Nayali. She was calm. She has never been calm. I've never seen her enjoy a day of peace. Even in her sleep, she would mumble and weep and moan. The version that I met today, she was at rest. Whoa. Okay, so she's actually mulling over the fact that being Phyrexian might be peaceful. That is absolutely wild. I mean, that is Phyrexian, though. The Phyrexians are so tricky. They are. That is part of the mind game that they play with you that we have seen for the past two seasons over... Like it, it was it was brought to light when we were behind Tezzeret's perspective too last season. Is is it black and white as we think, and is it is it right versus wrong in that in that steadfast way that the planeswalkers tend to think of it as? It's so crazy to see this playing into light with just normal people here, with just not planeswalkers, not Tezzeret who wants ultimate power, but just a regular person, a regular warrior on this plane of Mirrodin wondering what is actually right. And it's wild to think about that that's how powerful Phyrexianization is. Like that's just how, that's how sub, like subjective the Phyrexians can be, is it makes you question your own morals. It makes you question your own morality on what is right versus what is wrong. Yeah. And Nayali's really freaked out by this. Natalie, I'd actually like you to read this next passage straight from the story. Yeah. Horror flowed through Nayali. She could see where the end of the sentence laid and the thought of it being spoken aloud, of Rihanna giving breath to those words, made Nayali want to scream. For one guilty moment, she found herself wishing Rihanna had been infected by glistening oil so she could blame this terrifying perspective on Phyrexian corruption. Because the alternative was so much worse. This thought Rihanna had arrived at such conclusions all on her own. 
Now, Naomi has a pretty good response here, considering she's practically in shock from this new information from who was her best friend. She says, the peace that Phyrexians feel is a false one, born of a loss of self. That thing wasn't your mother, not any longer. At best, it was a puppet, a lie made steel and flesh. Is that so? Naomi nodded. Each of their aspirants are a lure, meant to entice, meant to convince those who remain that phyresis is the only logical option. They're there to break our hearts and spirits, and for whatever it's worth. I think you endured that encounter with more grace than I could have. Personally, I'd have gone mad with grief. And then Rihanna responds, who says I haven't? Ooh. So, like, clearly this is hitting Rihanna Hart. She is contemplating... From Nayali's perspective, she is contemplating the impossible. She is contemplating that the entire resistance is not the solution for her. She is she is contemplating her own fight for her own self. And she is she's wondering if her mother was happier, you know, like in, in whatever form of happiness she was able to find as being a Phyrexian. And Rihanna is now wondering to herself over whether she would be happier as a Phyrexian. This is, this is, as I said, this is wild. I'm not sure if I have other words for it. It's just, (laughs) I am, I am like speechless of, of hearing this. And, and clearly Rihanna is, Rihanna has been fighting for a long while against the Phyrexians. Clearly there was something that was motivating her up until now but I just think maybe seeing her mother was too much for her. And it just made her question everything. Yeah, absolutely. And Nayali does have a little bit more kindness to offer her friend here. She tells Rihanna that if you have gone mad, know you'll have company as we go laughing in the dark. I made you a promise when we met. I won't abandon you. No matter what happens, I'll always be at your side. And the next morning when Nayali wakes up, Rihanna is gone. Gone, as it turned out, meant a note in her cot and her belongings untouched. It was as if she had simply chosen to walk away for a moment. None of their rations had been touched. Were it not for the note and were Nayali a more optimistic person, she might have chosen to believe Rihanna was somewhere else. But Nayali knew enough of their world that she could not allow herself that illusion. She turned the note over, hoping for clues. On the back, it says, Meet me at the salvage complex. This sounds like a trap. Yeah, that's exactly what Nayali thinks too. Rayana has no business going to the salvage complex. And at first, Nayali thinks that maybe she was taken and forced to write the note, but there's no evidence in the encampment that any ambush took place. And she has this little voice in the back of her head that tells her maybe Rayana went willingly. Okay, so I have a question right off the bat. What is the salvage complex? Yeah, good question. So the salvage complex is run by a goblin named Slobad. Slobad is what's called waste disposal for the Phyrexian. So he takes in and repurposes obsolete Phyrexians. And the resistance members speculate that maybe Slobad took her for labor. I mean, he can't run his plant all alone after all. I have a bad feeling about all of this. So do I. But Nayali has made up her mind. She is going to go find Rihanna. Of course she, she is. Tells, <laughs> she, she's a hero. She's got to do it. And also, it's her best friend. And her best friend has either just been taken by Phyrexians or has willingly gone to them. Like, 
this is the moment to show up for your bestie. Yeah. Mayali reminds me of so many of our planeswalker friends where she's just so heroic. She can't fathom another like alternative. She has to go and find Rihanna. She she just has to. It's her best friend and she's going to be the hero for her best friend. She's so loyal. Yeah. So she tells this rest of the cell that no one has to go with her, but they insist. They say Rihanna's family to them as much as she's family to Nayali. There's a moment here where a member of the cell, Sahina, says, we've all lost someone. If we're lucky, we can be sure that Rihanna won't be in their number. They've all clearly been through so much, but they haven't given up. Not in the fight against Phyrexia and not on each other. The cell mobilizes and comes up with a plan to get their friend back. Some head east to relocate the camp and the Firebirds, but the bravest and most stubborn set off in the direction of the salvage complex. And they meet no resistance on the way, which sets off some more alarm bells in Nayali's head. Yeah, that's extremely suspicious. No guards or anything? They stop at the Mirren encampment, and the Mirrens tell them the same thing is happening at this camp, that loved ones are going missing, and there's no sign that any of them have been taken by force. And there's that little voice again in Nayali's head. Maybe Rihanna went willingly. I mean, based off of that conversation that they had just had before Rihanna disappeared, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. She was clearly deliberating between whether Phyrexian is better than their current resistance. So I wonder if Nayali is onto something. I mean, as morbid and as terrible as that idea is, I don't think Niali is overreacting when thinking that Rihanna went willingly. Now, what's interesting to me here is that imagine that your entire life has been war and you have this opportunity to go and have this peace. And I, I kind of understand where she's coming from in the sense that we all have to make 50 million decisions a day. And every single one of those decisions is like on you. You don't like your breakfast, too bad you chose it. You don't like what you're wearing today because it's itchy. Well, that's on you. You shouldn't have bought it, right? There is something that feels very freeing about having someone just tell you what to do. Now, does that take away autonomy? Yes. Does that take away personal freedom? Absolutely. But I can also understand how living a life of turmoil and literal war and being part of this fighting resistance cell would wear you down to where that piece looks real, real appealing. Especially after you've seen your Phyrexianized mother, you know, it just, I think it might've been, I, I wonder if Rihanna was like going in this direction for a while and just seeing her mother was kind of the, the grain of rice that tipped the scale, you know, and it right. was, it, it was kind of the last straw on, on her realizing that she's, she's exhausted. She's done. She doesn't want to resist anymore. She doesn't want to fight and, you know, and maybe it's not like, like you said, Harless, maybe it's not about Phyrexianization so much as that peace that it offers where you can just let go of choice and accountability and just the constant struggle and decisions that can just wear on you after so long of having to survive and be on your own. I, yeah, it just, it's, it's an interesting ethical dilemma that has no right or wrong in it. And yeah. I think it would be more of a moral dilemma if the Phyrexians weren't so blatantly horrible, right? Like they, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but they're so good at manipulation. It is the spell. Like they almost have, it's almost part of their magic that they have this spell that 
inherently wants you to just relax and why are you fighting so hard? Just become one just of give us. In. Just give in. And we're going to see that, by the way, again and again in this season where just the there's this there's this dichotomy between the horror that is phyrexia, but then it's so beautiful under underneath the terribleness and the horridness. It's like there's this layer of beauty and serenity and and that's the spell. And it, and it is so manipulative uh, and it just it messes with your head. Yeah. Well, speaking of the horror and beauty that is Phyrexia, the group press on and they actually make it to this salvage complex with absolutely no resistance. No resistance. And- <laughs> There's something fishy here. There is something fishy here everywhere. This is new Phyrexia. Let's not forget. This is the Phyrexian homeworld. There, and there's been no Phyrexians. I'm, I, I am doubtful. Yeah. I am doubtful. I'm suspicious. Natalie, can you read this passage about what the resistance cell members see when they arrive at the salvage complex? Once, it might have been a prison compound. Deformed cages rose in unsteady towers. The bars mangled, bulging in places, as if whatever had been inside was desperate to escape. Many were occupied by slumped figures. Captured mirins, waiting their anointment with glistening oil. Machinery snaked in between the enclosures, coiling over them in a parody of vegetal life. What had Nayali's attention was the pit at the very center of the salvage complex, an inverted ziggurat veined with enormous black pipes. Each level teemed with impossible contraptions, moving parts whose purpose Nayali couldn't decipher. And bodies, she realized. Countless Phyrexian bodies, made to kneel before they were husked of their metal, the flesh left behind. There were rows upon rows of them, like a silent audience staring down at the platform at the very base. A single figure occupied the narrow wedge of metal. Nayali felt her heart jump. It was Rihanna, shackled and prone. Upon seeing Rihanna, Nayali sends her firebird into the air. Then she turns to her company and says, There's every chance in the world that this is a trap, and I am a fool. But Rihanna is my friend. I promised us I would not abandon her. I intend to keep that promise. But none of you made the same foolish vow. There will be no judgment, no censure if you choose to leave. If you walk away now, you walk away with honor. But no one budges. In fact, one of her party members says, do you want to waste time or should we begin checking the perimeter? So they check the perimeter three times and still find nothing. Oh, this is definitely a trap. There's no way this place doesn't have, at the very least, some lookouts or something posted somewhere. This is a Phyrexian facility. Right? It's very, very, very suspicious. So Nayali and her resistance cell are feeling pretty much the same way we are, but Nayali just says, I'm going down alone. Of course. And what if, <laughs> you're right, here comes the hero. And one of her party members responds by telling her it's reckless, but she counters, saying it's strategic. If we missed something, if this really is a trap, the focus will be on me, giving the rest of you time to retaliate. She tells them to run if they're outnumbered, and she really understands the gravity of what she's about to do here. This is from the story. She knew what her bravado might mean. Completion. Often Nayali wondered how much of the original remained after Phyresis had set in. If enough of a mind remained to scream endlessly at what the body was made to do. If she would scream too. Ooh. I don't have much to say, except, ugh. (laughs) 
So they convince her to take an honor guard of three with her, and then they head toward where Rayana is lying while the others go to hide. Let me guess. They're met with no resistance or incident. However, did you know? That is exactly right. Nayali and her honor guard make it over to Rayana, but once they get there, Rayana doesn't move. She is breathing, though, so Nayali whispers her name and gently turns Rayana's body towards her and sees that she's actually awake. But Rayana doesn't respond. Nayali continues talking to her. She tells her she's going to get her out of this. And finally, Rayana speaks. She says, I'm sorry, Nayali. I was just so exhausted. Oh, no. And Natalie, can you read this next part for us? Oh, I guess. <laughs> I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> Nothing to be forgiven. We're family, said Nayali, the first time she had ever put the sentiment to words, her voice thick with emotion. Her attention was riveted by the chains knotted around Rihanna's wrists and arms. They were of unusual design, sleeker than what the Phyrexians often used, less like oxidized sinew, more beautiful. And family stays together. I'm sorry, Rihanna said again, in lieu of an answer, her fingers brushing Nayali's, running up her forearms, something contemplative in the movements, as though she was evaluating her friend, or more precisely, a decision she represented. I truly am. The air quickened. A sheen of red-orange light traveled up Rihanna's arms, over her restraints, up and across Nayali's knuckles. The latter jerked backward, instinctive. A split second later, the light darkened and corporealized into a knot of chains, landing on the platform with a thunk. Rihanna, no longer bound, sat up placidly, blinking at her cellmates like they were strangers. So, yeah, it was a trap. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you called it. And so did her honor guard, one of whom immediately yells out traitor to Rihanna. And Ayali asks Rihanna, what did they promise you? And she's furious that her fears that this was all a trap were proven right. Rihanna yells back that they promised her peace. She tells Nayali she doesn't want to die afraid and that she wants the peace her mother was granted in her Phyrexian form. Wait, so she wants to be Phyrexianized on purpose. We were, Nayali, we were kind of, right? Yeah, I mean, I value personal freedom above most other things personally, but wouldn't it be peaceful, and I think peaceful is the perfect word here, to never have to second guess yourself, to never wonder if what you're doing is the right course of action, to never think, how will this impact those around me? I mean, I don't agree with it, but I kind of get it. Yeah, but this isn't peace in the sense of everyone holding hands, singing songs, and genuinely loving their life. This, this Frexianization is a peace that comes from a lack of freedom, from a lack of choice and a lack of being able to impact the world around you. It isn't peace, it's complete control. It's stripping humanity of everything that makes us human. You're not wrong. So back in the story, Slowbad has shown up. And Natalie, can you tell us who Slowbad is? Yeah, there's actually a passage here that intros him really well that I'll read for you. Nayali had seen him once before, but only from afar, and thought little of him then just another Phyrexian horror in an army of millions. Now she was close enough to wince at the full truth of him. His small goblin form was embedded in a massive construct of cables and sheaths of metal plating, one shoulder bearing an epaulet adorned with a triptych of shrieking goblin heads. And Nayali could see where Slobad's limbs had been shorn off, where they'd been amputated at the joint and soldered to the exoskeleton of his golem-like Phyrexian body. 
So another super fun and cuddly Phyrexian horror. <laughs> exactly. But this one is coming at the group with a different approach than the majority of Phyrexians we've seen before. So Slobad says, we're not your enemy. And then goes on to say that the world is hard and cold and it takes everything. Friends, family. But here, we're safe. We have all the people who we love. Naoli tells Slobad that she has no fear of him, to which he replies, why should you? He tells her they don't want to hurt any of Naoli's people. They just want to reunite them with the ones they loved. Okay, so translation. I just want to turn you into a mindless shell of a person and then make you hang out with the mindless shells of your family and friends. Right? So Slobad continues his speech. He tells Naoli, the Mirans look to you for leadership. Will you not guide them home to those who love them? This story could totally be called Phyrexians are really good at manipulating people because that's what keeps happening in this story. Clearly, Rihanna was manipulated by having her mother Phyrexianized and sent to convince her to sign up willingly for Phyresis. Then there were the people who went missing from the other villages, and now Slobad is trying to manipulate Niali into joining him by playing on her emotions. And it doesn't stop there. There are other Phyrexians with Slobad who were former family or partners to other members of the cell. It's just so calculated and so cruel. Slobad offers everyone the choice to be Phyrexianized, pointing out in the process that he knows that the other Mirans are in hiding, which means there's a lot more lives at stake than just hers and her honor guards. Now, Nayali looks over to Rayana, who is kneeling, rocking back and forth and crying. Nayali notes that she is crying human tears, not oil, and that this is so much worse than if she had tricked Nayali because she was already Phyrexianized. Nayali realizes she's walked straight into a trap despite all of her instincts telling her it was a trap, and she's furious. She negotiates for everyone but her to be let go, and Slobat agrees. He's true to his word, and the rest of the cell are able to walk away unharmed. But not Nayali. Oh no. Wait, wait, wait. Where's her firebird? Othari? So she doesn't know where Othari is right now, but she's certain he hasn't come to harm. She knows there would be a very loud, very fiery fight if that happened, and no such thing has occurred. Now, Nayali is then placed in a cage, and Rihanna is scheduled to be Phyrexianized, willingly, far below where Nayali is being hung up in this cage. And finally, the time comes for Rihanna to be Phyrexianized, and Slobat himself actually comes to transform her. Not a priest, which is, she kind of says is, is strange. Nayali just can't look while her friend is being Phyrexianized, so she retreats into her thoughts. And just as she's thinking to herself, at least the rest of the cell is safe. She hears talons on the bars of her cage. It's Athari. It's Athari. He lights her cage on fire, melting the bars and freeing Nayali. Natalie, can you read this absolutely epic passage for us? He dove away to the next cage, doing the same over and over, while an alarm rose through the salvage complex. Othari sang a defiant call to arms. And Nayali answered with a glad cry of her own. This, she boomed. Magic leaped from her to each Mirren Othari freed, a slick of fire that clung to their skin. Nayali looked down to where Slobad waited, his sledgehammer in hand. Is not where we die. So epic. I love that passage I just so got much. goosebumps. I just got goosebumps. So the freed Mirrens escape with the help of the Firebird, but as Nayali leaves, she can't help but reach out a hand to Rihanna one last time. And Rihanna turns away. That was that then, Nayali swallowed. What she would have given for time to argue with Rihanna, time to insist there was no reason to surrender, that Rihanna had to fight. But they'd each made their decisions. Their paths were now separate. Nayali saluted her once friend. In the distance, she could see her cell, 
not just those who had chosen to follow Nayali on this quixotic mission, but all of them, charging into the salvage complex to clear a path for their escape. Later, she would have time to grieve. Now, she had to lead her people away. And that concludes the side story, Cinders by Cassandra Call. If you want to discover more about the Phyrexian invasion, tune into our other episodes this season. We're just getting started. Soon, we will get caught up with our merry band of planeswalkers as they attack the Phyrexians on new Phyrexia. And as always, you can read the story on mtgstory.com. We'll see you next time, but until then, have have a magical magical day. day!